0: prophet look the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us when Joseph awoke from his sleep he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him he took her as his wife but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son and she named him Jesus the gospel of the Lord Well, I don't know how well you can see me from out there, or at home, if you're viewing this from from home or viewing it later, but I'll give you three guesses. Either I was in a fight, and you should see the other guy, or I'm fulfilling my dream of being a backup singer for Alice Cooper, or I had a little surgery around my eyes. Nothing big, nothing serious, just a couple things that needed to be removed, so... If I look like I'm worse for the wear, I'm, I'm okay, right? And I don't want that to be a distraction. But I thought I might bring up surgery because speaking of surgery, I don't think we have the technology maybe quite yet to do this surgery without at least doing great damage to our brains. But if we could sort of get ourselves kind of a, a, a lobotomy that would take out Luke chapters 1 and 2 from kind of our Christmas narrative and understanding Some of the most beautiful words ever written, of course, but we could just kind of take those out We would be left only With the christmas story that we have today kind of the start of it at least for today The rest of it is told in chapter 2 we'd only have Matthew and where luke uh, centers on mary and has joseph as kind of a secondary or kind of a background character Matthew pulls Joseph for us into the front and the center No angel speaking to Mary No, Magnificat Not even shepherds or angelic announcements at least to those shepherds. Anyway We would miss an awful lot of the Christmas story Now I don't want you to take that out of your, you know kind of your memory. I don't think you could if you tried but without Matthew The gospel that will be front and center for us from now until next November. We're going to be walking through Matthew's gospel this year. I'm excited about that. But without Matthew, we, we might miss the wonderful gospel nugget that we get before us today. Now, I've heard Matthew kind of dragged through the mud, kind of a little bit, in our modern era. Accused of being kind of sexist, of focusing only on the man in the story, patriarchal, you know, kind of a person of his time. Sort of a, God is doing a new thing, but heaven forbid that it would be through a woman and her lineage. And while Matthew certainly is a person of his time, he is anything but dismissive of Mary, and certainly of other women as well. In fact, there's a beautiful first part of this first chapter That notes several women in the genealogy of Jesus, three of them Gentiles, and one of them married to a Gentile, which may be a little bit of a sign of the explosion of promise and the wideness of God's mercy and collecting of God's people the fulfillment of that vision that we had in Isaiah a few weeks ago of all of God's people, of all people of the whole earth, of all nations being drawn to the mountain of God as the Messiah comes. And while Matthew is calculated and he's attentive to righteousness and the fulfillment of the law and he's constantly pulling us back to say, see what was told in the scriptures, see it's happening now. He gets excited about it. And while he's very attentive to that, he's very calculated in that way, his gospel from the start is also a burning wildfire to what might be expected or even at times in his gospel, many times, what might be thought of as proper. We'll enter Joseph into this beautiful Advent season, this Christmas story, this this time of expectation for us as we sit really on the cusp of the coming of Jesus. Enter Joseph, engaged to Mary, who with our Luke lobotomy intact here, right, is Mary's kind of pregnant out of nowhere. We don't get any story for that. And she's not only pregnant, but she's pregnant with the Messiah, the one, the Christ, the one foretold by the prophets to fulfill all of God's promises, finally, completely. Now, at this point, of course, we are the only ones who know that, except we hope Mary, right? We also know that at this time, an engagement was as good as marriage. It wasn't a testing time. It wasn't a time to kind of, you know, maybe we're going to do this, maybe we're not. It was, it was a done deal. You didn't break an engagement. However, Matthew makes it clear that we are in the midst of kind of a great reality show here. Not my baby. Bethlehem edition. Right? And nothing is better in reality TV than a good shaming. A good calling out. A good fight. Go get her, Joseph. Let's see what happens next. Thankfully, of course, we are so evolved. We are so enlightened So far from the bloodlust of the ancient world, so removed are we from that kind of sin. Ha! (laughs) Well, what is the right thing to do here? What is the just thing? According to the letter of the law, the punishment for Mary's crime is that she be put to death. And, by the way, the man, the offending man, is to receive the same punishment as well. Obviously, it isn't Joseph. Matthew makes that clear. Now, that isn't the only option under the law, but it is the allowable extreme. And we see it, actually, in Jesus' ministry, right? The woman who's caught in adultery. I don't know where the guy is in this one, but anyway, we know that story. However, Matthew tells us that that Joseph is a righteous man. And what we should understand, I think sometimes we're a little too hard on the law, Where you think maybe the Old Testament, well, that's the law and the Gospels, that's the Gospel, that's the good news. Sometimes there's law in the New Testament, and sometimes there's there's an awful lot of Gospel in the Old Testament as well. Matthew tells us that Joseph is a righteous man, and we should understand that in the law, the practice of mercy is the highest form of the law. That's true. That's true before Jesus is born in Bethlehem. That's true in the law and and should be an appreciation that we have and an understanding of the law. Now that doesn't mean that anything goes, but it does mean that given the circumstances, whatever's happening, a a pregnancy here, uh, you know, illicitly as she's engaged to someone else, how can we move through this without bloodshed? That's the question Joseph asks And he answers it according to the highest form of righteousness under the law, according to the law of mercy. And according to that highest calling of the law, he will practice mercy. He will release Mary quietly out of this engagement, divorce her from this this contract. Now, there are going to be hurt feelings for sure. I'm sure there already are. But everybody wins as much as is possible in this situation. And now we have our next reality show. Single Moms in Secret. Anywhere but Bethlehem. Edition. Sorry. But it looks like that show won't air either because God steps in. Because while the highest calling of the law of mercy will bring a broken end to the story, God's grace enters the scene with a messenger, with an angel, with a preacher of God's promises. And this preacher not only pulls Mary and Joseph together, but in doing so, pulls Joseph back into the story as well. And may I humbly suggest, and we'll get to this in a minute, pulls all of us into the story as well. And the reality show that is actually real, and not so much a show, begins beautifully for us to see and to hear and to witness. This dream that Joseph has is a reminder of his heritage. Joseph, son of David. He's reminded of his lineage to King David. Maybe he knows, maybe he carries that. But by doing that, it brings to his mind and to ours one of the big four promises of God, that a king would sit on David's throne and rule forever something that is, not, is clearly not happening in Israel's time and in that place where, where Mary and Joseph live. But something that's kind of interesting in this whole dream is, is not only then is it revealed that, that not only is this part of, God's, of, of human history, you are a son of David and this promise will be fulfilled in history, but also that this, this pregnancy is happening outside of time and space. The cosmic God and the human story are connected in this reality. The child that Mary has is of the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph is in on the story as much as we are as well. And in that dream, he's also told that he will name this child Jesus, which means to save the people from their sins. Now if you know of the expectations of the Messiah and all kinds of scripture that foretells what this Messiah, what this king will be like, and especially maybe in this promise to David, there's sort of an expectation that the Messiah will rise as a political uh, and and social leader and will sit on this throne and and reign in that way forever, will kick out the Romans and all these other puppet kings of the people and will reign politically and, and in all kinds of ways over the people. But the angel focuses in the message with this name, Jesus. An earthly name, Yeshua in Hebrew. Jesus will save his people. All right? From their sins. Not from their political reality. Not for this time and in, and in j- this space alone. But will save the people for all time and in all places from their sins, A powerful message and a mission statement for who Jesus will be, for who God will be in the flesh, for Joseph, for Mary, for the people of that day, and even for all of us sitting here today. Now what's kind of cool in this is that as Joseph receives this message, he's just simply being asked to proceed. Take Mary as your wife proceed on with what you were already doing in fact i'd like a little more reality tv in this i'd like to know a little bit more about what's going on with mary right i want to eat my popcorn oh what's she doing now oh what's going on now right i want to know a little bit more about joseph what was the struggle what was it like to receive this message did he hesitate did he do this did he do that but it seems like in this story the focus isn't on mary certainly she's Seems almost more secondary here. It isn't so much on Joseph, although he's brought up more than in Luke's gospel. It seems to be on what God is doing, doesn't it? And I think it's kind of cool that Joseph is just being asked to proceed. We just assume that Mary knows what's happening in her body. Mary, Mary, Joseph, keep going. I'm acting in this time and in this space. I am acting in the world in a profound and fulfilling way. I am acting, even though you've exercised the, the fullest, you know, kind of measure of the law through mercy towards Mary and the dismissing of her quietly. I've got other plans based on my own grace, my own action, my own inbreaking into this world. For me, this will be my last sermon before I go on sabbatical. A lot of you probably don't know that. It's been sort of a quiet coming with all the busyness of the fall and kind of the Christmas season. But I remember in my former sabbatical, and I'm going to leave you, by the way, with one of the, I'm I'm really sorry, I'm leaving you with one of the best preachers and teachers known to humankind, so I apologize for that. You'll have to endure that until March. But um, I remember on my last last sabbatical, I had these plans of all these things I was going to do and learn and all of that kind of stuff. And at the very end of it, I had this backpacking trip planned with a friend. And of all the things I did and learned and read and conferences went to and all those kinds of th- gone to and all of that, it was that trip where God showed up in the quiet of the wilderness and the conversation of a friend. God did something when I wasn't really doing anything. God works in us in profound ways in the very, very normal and everyday things of life. I had a pastor friend who's recent, recently died and was just a, a giant of peace and justice in our denomination, uh, Dan Erlander. Some of you know that name. He was telling a story about going on sabbatical, and he went to a convent to pray and to meditate. Uh, and the nun, one of the nuns came out and met him in the parking lot, and she said, so, how many books did you bring? And he goes, I've got seven. And she goes, okay, the first act of your sabbat- this part of your sabbatical will be to lock all of those books in your trunk, and then you may come inside and be at peace with God. and he said it was one of the most powerful parts for him as well joseph keep doing your normal life proceed mary mary and i will be be acting well part of this focus on god gives us hardly any focus on mary but here's where the message becomes just so beautiful in mary god is doing something otherworldly cosmic miraculous in joseph God is showing up in history as part of that thread of promise through Noah and his family, Abraham and Sarah, Moses and the people, and David and everyone else down the line. Like the meal we're going to share. And in the merciful mystery of God, heaven and earth are brought together. Human story and divine intervention at one. That beautiful song that our own Joseph sang, Yeshua means to save. Hope for Israel, our mother. And also in that song, Alpha Omega, who was foretold, cosmic and divine, earthly and storied. But there's one last piece before we leave Joseph for a week and come back to him on Christmas Eve. And that is that Joseph becomes an adoptive father to Jesus. Now, I love that image because I have an adopted brother. I love that image when we talk about baptism, being adopted into God's family. But here it carries incredible good news and really brings us into the story fully. As the substance of God is poured into this baby through the Holy Spirit that grows inside of Mary, so the substance of God is brought into the human story, our story. As Joseph adopts Jesus, Jesus adopts us, all of us, all of our story, all of who we are. God dwells with us. God is for us. And as such, God has come to transform us, to take away our sin, to fill in the broken places with grace and love and wholeness once again. Last week, we got a Christmas card from Jesus. Today, we get an early Christmas gift and a promise that is greater than anything else you have ever gotten for Christmas and anything else you could possibly receive. This is the gift of God with us, for us, grace, mercy, peace, and love. Thanks be to God, and Merry Christmas. Amen.